Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. It began with an incident just off the coast of Gibraltar, but it quickly spread. Boats sailing in the area were suddenly coming under attack. They may just be playing with us, but for sure they're going to damage the boat. That's the sound of a pod of orcas, or killer whales, bashing a boat until it rocks violently and tearing at its rudder. It's one of hundreds of incidents since 2020, which began around Gibraltar, but spread to Portugal, Spain and Morocco. The pod rammed the boat continuously for over an hour, managing to remove the rudder. I start taking my nap, and 30 minutes later, boom, I got really scared. Scores of boats damaged, three of them sunk to the ocean floor. Spanish coast guards rescued the crew on board. We have uh, lots of, we are having one accident every day. And last month, they spread to the UK when a yacht was rammed by a killer whale off the coast of Scotland. After thousands of years of living peacefully alongside humans, it's left experts searching for answers about why these animals are now attacking boats and even sinking them. And it's a mystery our Times journalist has been trying to solve. You're listening to Stories of Our Times from The Times and The Sunday Times. I'm Manveen Rana. Today, the orca uprising, where killer whales are attacking boats. Right, are you ready for this? Give me two secs and then I think I have all of my props ready. What, what sort of props well, do you have? Well, I have a scientific paper. Okay. Um, and, uh, I thought it was going to be an orca-shaped sock pocket. <laughs> I was so excited. <laughs> my name is Tom Whipple and I am the science editor at The Times. And the in-house orca expert. I am. It's. Uh, I've been waiting for my moment. All of that orca expertise that I've been building up finally 
has a reason to be used. Well, Tom, to work out why, take us to the north of Scotland. Just tell us what happened there late last month. Wim Rutten, a Dutch physicist and yachtsman, was sailing solo between Shetland and Norway, Mm. and he felt a bash on his hull, and then he felt another bash. That sounds like a euphemism. Another bash. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. It was very scary for Wim Rutten, and it was in no way euphemistic. His hull was being roundly bashed, and... He looked over the side and he saw the shape of a menacing orca. A killer whale was circling and recalling it afterwards, he said the scariest thing was he could listen to the sound of it breathing before it came in for another pass to attack the boat. Oh, God. And this isn't the first time that orcas have attacked boats in in this way. Tell us how all of this began. Well, the reason why Wim Rutten made global news was because 2,000 miles to the south, this had become commonplace. This behaviour amongst orcas had been recorded first dozens and then hundreds of times. Sufficiently common since 2020 that scientific working groups have been set up to try to work out what's going on with the killer whales. What are they up to? And they have got to the stage where they've, they're able to describe the modus operandi of the orcas because it's happened to so many boats, to sailing yachts, to yachters who are going across, you know, on races, to just pleasure cruises. What happens is, first, there will be the bumping. One orca, or maybe two, maybe three, maybe even more. They will come alongside the boat and they will approach it from the stern quickly, stealthily, often unseen. The crew won't realise they were there until they feel the vibrations. Then they'll make contact under the boat. They start slapping with the tail sometimes, but then they go for the real target. They seem to focus on the rudder. They push the rudder with their heads to turn the boat. There are accounts of boats being turned 360 degrees. At this stage, resistance is futile. The paper says the higher the vessel speed or the more insistently the crew tried to control the wheel, the more and stronger the killer whales pushed. And they typically keep doing this until they stop the boat. They will break the rudder. They will tear it off. They will damage it. We lost both rudders. On many occasions, boats have had to be tugged back into port. On some occasions, they've started taking on water and sinking. In one particular video, you can see them, hear them radioing for help because you can see the water coming up through the lower 
sections of the boat and it taking on uncontrollable amounts of water because when you get one of these raking your hull or tearing chunks off then then that's going to happen we need assistance immediately we are sinking we are sinking I mean, that's, that sounds really serious. How, how bad has it got? I mean, ha, have any of these boats been in real trouble? With yeah, workers? it's got really bad. And scientists are, are really worried now that what, broadly speaking, has been a human orca detente for as long as we have lived alongside each other. And they're worried that it is going to break and that this could ultimately be to the detriment of the orcas because let, let's be honest if it did come out to an all-out fight the orcas wouldn't come out of it well so they're definitely worried that this might lead to the stigmatization and demonization of orcas and have them come to be seen as humanity's enemy rather than these magnificent beasts well tom i can safely say i never expected us to be talking about orca wars on this podcast, but just give us a sense. When you sort of say that the detente has broken, you said this sort of began in 2020. Why are we talking about this now? So before 2020, there would be a smattering of accounts of orcas getting in the way of shipping, of something going wrong. But starting in May 2020, it seemed more focused. During 2020, there were 50 recorded interactions. The year after, there were about 100, then there were 200. It's this one pod of orcas called Gladys. I think Gladys might not have the same cultural resonance <laughs> in uh, Portuguese. They're this whole called, pod of orcas are all called All Gladys. of the orcas are called Gladys. Um, <laughs> just, of the many surreal elements <laughs> to the story, that is one of them. Um, there's, so there's grey Gladys, white Gladys, and black Gladys. Th- those are the most vicious Gladyses. Um <laughs> Any orca that has come to have boat-bothering tendencies has been named Gladys. And I should say the the reason for this is there's an old name, old scientific name for the orca, which is Orca gladiator, as in fighter. Ah. Uh, So Gladys, it's a reference to that rather than delightful old ladies with sort of blue rinse. I mean, Um, I'll I'll never think of the name in the same way. Um, But so, so tell us about this particular pod, the pod of Gladys's. There are sort of 30 to 40 of them. They have been menacing shipping in the Strait of Gibraltar and all along the Atlantic coastline of Spain and Portugal. Um, And then we have this intriguing one in Scotland. Mm. And it could be connected. More likely, we're talking about a coincidence. Um, Now, it could be that a whole other pod of orcas has decided to take up the banner of the Iberian orcas and spread the great orca revolt to the Shetland. It could be that the the ship was fishing for mackerel, the orca was fishing with mackerel, and they they got on each other's nerves. We don't know. It's not possible that one of the Gladyses just swum a marathon. I don't think it likely that there was a roaming Gladys. It's not completely impossible, but it's not something that most scientists are considering. So, you know, either it's a coincidence or it it really is, you know, the day we talk about the banner of the Orca Revolt. Really, really spreading. The Orca Revolt. It's on. So we're not quite sure why this incident in Scotland happened, whether it's related to the Great Orca Revolt or not. But there are lots of theories doing the rounds about what 
started the Great Walker Revolt in 2020. Give us some of those theories. The the most, maybe shall I say, exciting theory. Mm. Um, we're, we're humans. We like to anthropomorphize. And the most exciting theory, I guess, is revenge of some kind. Revenge um, of the Orcas. Revenge of the Orcas. You can see some of the Gladyses have injuries that could be explained by interactions with fishing lines, suggesting that they've had bad experiences with fishing boats in the past. Mm. One of the Gladyses is a new mother. Maybe she's worried about her calf. Maybe they're all worried about fishing boats and maybe they attack them because they want to stop them so that they can stop the damage and protect orca kind. This is not a fringe theory of the Orca Working Group who was set up to try to work out what was going on. Right from the summer of 2020, when mm. something was changing, they realised we needed to collate these and try to understand them. And I, I spoke to Alfredo Lopez um, from Campus Universitario de Santiago, who said, you know, maybe it is the case that one or several individuals have had a bad experience and tried to stop the boat so as not to repeat it. So he doesn't wow. think necessarily they hate humans or are associating this with humans. They're not going for bavers. They're not, they're not going all out to attack, but maybe what they're seeing is a threat that needs to be neutralised. I mean, I know we like to anthropomorphise, but so it is revenge in, uh, of sorts, but not necessarily on humans, just on rudders. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They've got a real animus towards uh, flat pieces of swivelable wood. So that's one theory, but what are the others? What might be going on under the sea? We'll have more coming up in just a moment. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. I know you've been talking to a lot of orca specialists. Tell us about 
some of the behaviours of these creatures that most surprised you? I went down several rabbit holes. I think, as I say, as humans, we all like the idea of seeing the lights of sentience in another creature, and I include myself in this. And when you read some of the anecdotes about what killer whales have been up to. One of my favourite, I read an account from a marine biologist called Robert Pittman, who was in the Arctic, and there was a uh, orca in front of the boat, and it was just lying around, and he wanted to alert it to their presence, so he threw a snowball at the orca. But then the orca <laughs> followed the boat for the next five minutes, trying to chuck a lump of ice at the boat. Oh. And <laughs> he sort of said, you know, have I taught them to play snowball fights. <laughs> there was another account, quite well-documented account, of an orca at a marine land in Ontario who would get given fish to eat. This orca would regurgitate bits of the fish, then lie in wait below the surface, and when seagulls landed, would whoosh up and catch the seagulls. And the thing that then happened was all of the other orcas copied. And so oh, there's this wow. idea of... And there you're seeing the thing that I think is probably more important to this story than mere intelligence. It's culturally transmitted intelligence or culturally transmitted behavior. So there was a very intelligent Orca Einstein who learned how to bait seagulls and then everyone else regurgitating fish. Yeah. Wow. So they do sound remarkably intelligent. What do we know about how an orca functions. You know, you often hear the octopus is a very intelligent creature. Is the orca similar? Octopuses are very different. They are very in intelligent, as best we can tell. They've got a completely different form of intelligence. Um, it has to develop fast because they have shorter lives. It's probably distributed between their tentacles, which means that plausibly, if, if octopuses have consciousness, it's spread among their legs, which is a weird thing. But this is wow. a a diversion into animal sentience. Um, the thing about orcas is they live social lives. They live in pods. We know that their clicks and whistles have dialects. So insofar wow. as they have a language, it differs in different parts of the ocean. Within these pods, you have clear cultural behavior. Some specialize in different hunting techniques and different animals that they hunt. And some of these techniques are very intricate. There are some who will wash water over ice flows to wash off the seals into their friends' waiting mouths. Or there's another oh, wow. famous South American pod that will beach itself, which is an incredibly unnatural thing. That's the thing. It's unnatural. It's like humans. They've their intelligence is able to take them out of their instincts. So they will yeah. beach themselves on shingle beaches to catch seals. And you'll see them training their young, pushing them onto the beach. Wow. And then they'll have to wiggle back. And it takes years to learn because it's such a counter innate behavior for something that, that really does not ever want to be beached to do. And uh, they are clearly able to hold learning and yes. process it and pass it on and build on it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They have these culturally transmitted traits, you know, much like humans. The difference is that our culture can spread down generations in a way they can't because we can write. So really what we're looking at is they haven't got opposable thumbs. But other than that, God knows. <laughs> Terrifyingly. I'm also really interested in the dialects because 
Presumably then, if the Scottish incident was more than a coincidence, it would mean that Gladys's had somehow communicated in a different dialect <laughs> to the Scottish orcas. Yeah, I want to do a sort of Scottish accent, <laughs> click and whistle saying, get the bastards. Um, <laughs> and we are sort of basing this now on the theory that this is either a form of sort of revenge or that they've learnt that there is a threat associated with these boats and that's why they're trying to bash them. Could it be neither of those? <laughs> should we get on to the... Well, I was going to say, should we what get else? on to the boring what else? answer? Go Actually, on, what is the boring answer? I, th- I think the boring answer is more interesting, more fun. Oh, I'm so and glad. <laughs> if if what we're doing here is anthropomorphizing orcas, and let's be honest, we absolutely are, <laughs> then I prefer the alternative explanation. Go on. Um, it's that they're just having fun. They've just they've just got a fad. They have learned that this is a mildly diverting thing to do. We find it threatening because they're absolutely humongous and we're not very good at swimming. But fundamentally, it's a culturally transmitted trait that the orcas do when they're a bit bored. And to give you an idea of the explanatory power of this as a way of talking about the behaviour. There are loads of odd things orcas do. My absolute favourite was in the 1980s, there was a particular pod that developed this habit of putting salmon on their head. Putting putting salmon salmon They'd put them on their heads. They'd parade them above the surface. Sort of trophying them. Salmon hats. Salmon hats? Yeah, they were sort of known as the salmon hat pod. And there was not, I think we can say... There was not a biological reason for this no. in the sort of the strict utilitarian sense. It was just, it was a fashion. It was a, <laughs> as absurd as human fashions, of which there are many absurdities. And it lasted a season. And then they, they moved on to the next thing. And probably, you know, we saw that because it was something that happened out of the water. But we've got to presume that if that's one thing we've seen, they've got to be doing all manner of crazy stuff. This is amazing. So they might just be bashing boats because they're slightly bored in this pod. One of them did it. Now the others are competitively trying to outdo them. It's the fashion this season. And soon they'll get bored of it and move on to something else. Yeah, maybe maybe they get status for taking out bigger boats. Maybe it is literally something they do to have fun. Maybe the taste of a rudder in your mouth is satisfying. You get a nice (laughs) crunch and, and then you can move on. So, not necessarily orca wars. For the people in the boats, that's probably not much comfort, to be honest. Just give us a sense of how dangerous is that? Orcas were always known as killer whales. Just how killer are they? Uh, There's one very, very big exception to this that lots of listeners will know, but there are essentially no reports of orcas killing humans. It's just not something that they do. The counterexample to that is one orca who was a subject of a documentary called Blackfish. Orange County Sheriff's Office. We need SO to respond for a dead person at SeaWorld. A whale has eaten one of the trainers. So this this is an orca called Tilikum who killed three people, two of whom were his trainers at Sealand and SeaWorld, respectively. Brancho was killed February 24th when Tilikum, a 22-foot, 12,000-pound killer whale, grabbed the 40-year-old by her ponytail and dragged her into the water. 
and another was a man who trespassed into SeaWorld. There is one other case of a killer whale killing someone, but that, that is the fourth fatal orca attacks in captivity. But, you know, there's a reason why we don't have the cultural resonance with these that we do with sharks, despite calling them killer whales. And that's because they really are like big dolphins and they behave like big dolphins. And I think in that sense, if we imagine them like big dolphins, then probably the to our human perspective, probably the having fun explanation fits neater and nicer. It does, it does. Although there is that image, which you mentioned right at the start, some of the scientists looking into this have noticed that some of the orcas do have injuries, which could have come from fishing boats. Um, but dolphins have injuries too. You know, the history of our relationship with these creatures is that we do bad things to them yeah. and they take it. I spoke to um, someone from the whale and dolphin conservation, the charity, who basically said, look, the best argument as to why this isn't revenge is why now? I mean, they have so many reasons to take revenge on us. Why would they not have done so before now, given the way that we treat them? Yeah. But that does raise the question of, are we treating ocean life responsibly? You know, we send out these fishing boats. Should we try to understand what's happening on, under the sea a bit better? Obviously, there's always more that we could do in the environment. But from the point of view of killer whales, there's a lot more we can do. It is the unmistakable sound of fear coming from one of the world's largest predators. A young killer whale effectively screaming just hours after being captured from the wild. So traumatized and disoriented, the animal can't even swim after its journey from the ocean this small pool. We have a history of tearing their young from the pods and taking them to sea worlds and various other places. And there's a tendency to think of these things, insofar as we think of them as clever, we think of them as like humans. And that's not always a great idea because they have different needs. And I think even more so than humans, they need company and a sense of being in this pod and mm. you completely destroy that if you put them in see what and even if they do have company there you've quite plausibly taken two orcas who speak a completely different language and put them next to each other so an intelligence to respect and try and understand but this isn't necessarily war no and they could be having revenge but let's imagine they are just having fun I, I i love that and that's something that as a human i really can understand and insofar as i don't think that the times yet has an editorial line on the orca wars but <laughs> if, if i was to make a bid i'd say go on the orcas <laughs> You've been listening to Stories of Our Times, a podcast brought to you thanks to the subscribers of The Times and The Sunday Times, with me, Manveen Rana, and my guest, science editor and orca expert at The Times, Tom Whipple. Tom covers everything from orcas to Alzheimer's to artificial intelligence, and you can find all of his work at thetimes.co.uk with a subscription. The producer today was Sam Chantarasak. The executive producers were James Shield and Kate Ford, and sound design was by David Crackles. 
If you enjoyed this podcast, please do leave us a review. It'll help others to find it. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.